Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Joe McCall here. This is my inner circle coaching call. And normally I do this inside of Zoom in a, a private Zoom webinar. All of my students are in there and I answer questions. But today, because I was late, I had a schedule conflict and I was, okay, I had a really good friend was playing golf. I thought we would be done. It went way longer I will say this, I had a blast. I felt really bad, but this is a really good friend. And I just, I couldn't end the match early. So I apologize to everybody. That was there. My coaching call was supposed to be an hour and a half ago. So I'm sorry. I really, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I told my my marketing director, Sam, got on Zoom and told everybody, hey, sorry, Joe can't make it. He will be live in the YouTubes and Facebooks. So my apologies. But this is the inner circle coaching calls that I do every single week. And on today's, on these calls, I answer questions. And a bunch of people have submitted questions in advance. And so I always like to answer the questions that were submitted in advance. And if you're a member of the inner circle or any of my products, there's always places in there where you can submit questions in advance and I'll answer them. And so I'm going to go through those first. And after that, if any of you guys have questions, I want you to type them in the comments. So if you're watching this right now on YouTube or Facebook, you can type in, in the comments section, your questions, and I will see them here on my screen. Whether you are in YouTube or Facebook, on my Facebook page, my Facebook profile, the Facebook group, anywhere on YouTube. I used to be on Periscope, but you can type in your question and then I will answer them. Cool. Um, I love doing these calls, just answering some common questions and you may not have any questions, but you're probably going to learn something. Cool. All right. So this is Daniel. Hey, Daniel, what's up? From Dayton, Ohio. Cool. Now, these are the questions that were submitted in advance. The first one is from Michelle. She says, I'm a licensed realtor in Virginia. I plan to check the state laws pertaining to lease option agreements. If I were to do lease options in other states around the country, do I, do I need to check the laws in each state in which I get a property under contract? Thanks. Uh, yes, you certainly do. Like You always need to check the law in any state that you're in to make sure you're doing any kind of deals the right way. doesn't matter if it's lease options or owner financing or subject tos or wholesaling. None of that matters, right? You need to check the law to make sure that you can do it. I will say this. There is not one state in the union where lease options are illegal. There'll be people in North Carolina or Texas who tell you that they're illegal, but they're not. They're not. States like Texas and North Carolina just have specific laws on how you can do them, all right? They say you can't do this and that, but you can do this, and you need to give these disclosures, these written types of, you need to add these things in your agreements, which are things that I already have added and done anyway. Now, Texas has a law that says you can't do sandwich lease options longer than six months, okay? So what do people do? They do land contracts or subject twos or owner financing. And they also do a lot of lease option assignments. So don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't do lease options in whatever state, all right? Because you can. And if they say that, ask them to show you the statute, the specific law that says you can't do them. Now, yeah, so if you're a realtor in Virginia, a lot of times the realtor standard contracts 
will have references in there re- talking about or regarding lease options. I know in St. Louis, the St. Louis Association of Realtors, our contracts, there's a little box at the end that says in the lease, you know, this is part of a lease purchase agreement or it may be in the sale contract. So you have a separate lease and a separate purchase agreement. You just use those two and then you there's a checkbox in one of them that says this is part of a lease purchase agreement. So it's not a big deal. Okay. I will say this too. If you're a realtor doing lease options in your own state, you may have rules that you have to use your realtor's contracts. Now that's debatable in most states because if you're buying a house by owner and you're selling a house by owner, I don't believe there's any state that says if you're a realtor, you have to use realtor contracts if you're buying and selling for sale by owner. Does that make sense? But let's say there is, or your broker says you have to. I don't know if you can hear that beeping, but my smoke alarm is low on batteries. So it's beeping right now. Anyway, So your broker may say, hey, if you're going to hang your license with us, you have to use our contracts every single time you do a for sale by owner deal. Okay, fine. I've done that plenty of times and I'll just write in Sharpie on the whole brokering section of the contract. You know, I'll exit out and I'll say non-brokered transaction, non-brokered transaction. So everybody and their grandma knows that I'm not doing this through the broker. I'm doing it for sale by owner. And you always disclose that you're an agent. Not a big deal. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I would say, look at your state, look at the agreements that um, the realtors use, and there might be some references in there to lease options. Go ahead and use them if you want. And then if you're doing lease options in other states, yeah. Okay. Um, Let me just tell you a quick story about this, because I tell all my students, you should have attorneys review your contracts, right? Well, I had one student in in Atlanta. He wanted to find an attorney to help him with his, his lease option deals. He just went to Google, did a search for real estate attorney, and called every single one that he could find. He had a list of about 100 phone numbers. And he was about halfway through, you know, he got a lot of voicemails and some calls weren't answered or whatever. But he found one. It was a lady. And she said, yeah, I can help you with your lease option deals. And he said, great. Can I send you the contracts I want to use and you can review them? She said, sure. So he sent her my contracts and she said, these are great. Just maybe change these few things here. And then he asked her, can you help me actually do these transactions? Like, can you help me with the paperwork? And she said, yeah. So he pays her, obviously, to do all of that. But that's, you know, it's as simple as that. Just start getting on the phone, calling every real estate attorney you can find and start asking them if they can help you with your lease option deals. All right, Russell and Janice, how you doing, guys? All right, I did some research and I found three programs that help renters boost their credit scores for paying their rent on time by offering rent reporting services that cost anywhere from $50 to $100, plus a monthly fee. They will report rental payments to TransUnion and Equifax. Do you think this is something that can be offered to the tenant buyer to help improve their credit score so they can qualify for a home loan? Definitely. If it's available, you certainly can. And in fact, I remember hearing in the news recently that the government or somebody, some agency, is requiring that the credit reporting agencies start accepting rents. Or, no, no, maybe it's not they're requiring the mortgage Maybe it's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or FHA, or whatever. I think they're saying to the banks now that you can, if you want, use um, <clears throat> use credit. I mean, sorry, use rental payment history as part of the qualifications for a mortgage. So whatever it is, look it up. But it's the, the credit reporting agencies and FHA and Fannie Mae, all of that. They're making it easier, and they're wanting people to be able to use on-time rental history to to help them get mortgages. So yes, the answer is if you can pay pay for it, and if it's usually not that expensive, then you should certainly do it. I remember 10 years ago, it was actually easier back then. There was two maybe, I think there were two different credit agencies 
where um, they would report rent to the credit report. And then they stopped doing it. But now it looks like they're back doing it again. So definitely, if you can do it, yes. And your tenant buyers are going to love it. It's going to help them get financing for sure. Okay, second question from Russell and Janice. In the lease option assignment, who is insured by the home warranty? Who pays for the home warranty? Um, it depends. So the home warranty is insured. Is in, It's insuring whoever bought it. So a tenant could buy it. The homeowner could buy it, but you, I don't, you know, you need to ask the home warranty company about that. Normally, I've done it different ways in the past. If I'm staying in the middle of the deal, I'll buy the home warranty. If it's a lease option assignment, sometimes the seller will pay for it. Sometimes the buyer will pay for it. It just kind of depends. I used to, when I was trying to tell sellers about a lease option, I used to tell them that I would buy the home warranty and it never really won me any deals and I never lost, didn't, you know what I mean? It's like, it never really felt like it helped me do any deals. It's not a big deal. So I stopped offering it and it didn't, I still kept on doing the same amount of deals. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Hope so. By the way, as I'm going along here, if you have questions, you want to add them in again, type them into the YouTubes or Facebook comments and I will answer them. Question from Jerry. What is your recommendation when it comes to Zoom cities where demand has remained extremely high? Zoom cities tend to be medium-sized metro areas near college towns. I've never heard that before. Maybe that's a thing. Redfin uses a compete score to determine who they are. It measures the number of competing offers, waived contingencies, sales price percent above list price, and days on market. There seems to be quite a few of these in Southwest Michigan. Do you recommend Do you recommend we pursue deals in these towns or do you work neighboring areas? Should I treat them like any other zip code? I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, Jerry. Here's the thing. The goal, you know, I always say the goal is to talk to five sellers a day and you want to start in your neighborhood. You want to start in your backyard and then you want to zoom out from there. So if you're going to zoom, for example, to find rentals and FISBOs, your goal is to talk to five a day. That may mean you need to send 75 texts a day or 100 texts a day to rentals and FISBOs. And so you're going to need to just keep on zooming out. I don't necessarily look at you know, unless I'm doing direct mail, I'm not. I don't care about zip codes. I'm go, I'm targeting counties and I'm targeting entire states, or I'm zooming out of a city until I get as many properties as I can. And I'm I'm only filtering by price range. Like if I'm strictly only wanting to do lease options, I'll look for homes priced between a hundred and five hundred thousand dollars, for example, maybe lower, maybe higher. And I don't care which city it's in. Now, if you're doing direct mail. You need to go where the demand is and you need to go where there's a good supply of, I love absentee owners. So I like to kind of see, there's no right or wrong answer to this. You know, like I typically like to go and see, all right, what are the, what are the zip codes that have high demand? So when, if I did get a property to sell or to do a lease option in that zip code, it would sell instantly like that. Competition's a good thing. So I want to be on that area. Now, having said that, if there's a lot of wholesalers, a lot of competition looking for deals, these sellers are getting a ton of direct mail, a ton of postcards, ton of cold calling and things like that. Then I might look in the smaller markets surrounding the big markets. Clear as mud. Here's the thing. Don't ignore the small towns. I love, love, love the small towns. So if you're in Atlanta, Atlanta's pretty competitive. I would start looking in the counties surrounding the whatever 20 or 30 counties there are around Atlanta. There's a ton of them. I would start looking out into the smaller towns surrounding Atlanta if you were doing that. Okay, Tom, two-part question. Okay, I'll, I'll read this like it is because I don't understand. For listed property and not trying to circumvent the realtor, how would you initiate contact with the owner to cut time and red tape to get a better understanding of their motivation for selling and what they might be willing to do, especially if the realtor doesn't seem forthcoming? 
All right, you got to be careful about going around the sign, as they say. But for me personally, you know, I, I kind of don't have a problem sending a letter directly to the owner because I do all the time anyway. If I pull a list of absentee owners that have owned their houses over 10 years and have at least 50% equity in these 10 zip codes, guarantee some of those houses are going to be listed on the MLS with an agent. Oh, well, sorry. You know, go ahead and just give this postcard or give this letter to your agent and I'll make my offer through the agent. Now, when I'm making my offers, it doesn't matter if it's listed with an agent or not. My numbers are the same. I'm going to make the same offer to the seller, whether it's listed with the agent or not. How that agent gets paid, it's none of my business. It's between the seller and the agent to work that out and figure that out. So um, I guess personally, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't mind sending letters to directly to the homeowners because I, I send you know hundreds, if not thousands of postcards and letters every single week. So it's going to happen. And if somebody gets mad, just apologize and say, you know, I'm sorry, never mind, forget it. Um, but one thing I do put in my letter, I put on my letter that says, hey, if your house is listed with an agent, go ahead and give this letter to them or throw it away. So you know what I'm saying? If a realtor does see it, they're not going to be as mad if you say that. It's kind of like bandit signs, right? Like kind of you're not supposed to do it in most areas, but people do it anyway because it works and it's worth paying the fines. Now, some people are going to be really mad that I said that. So if you're the type who's like really mad that I said that, but I'm sorry, and don't do bandit signs, but they work. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. The politicians do it. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen how many bandit signs politicians put out during election season? And it's illegal to take one of their signs and remove them. Okay. It's illegal to remove a politician's bandit sign, but it's illegal to place a business sign. So it just tells you who makes the laws. All right. Second part of the question in, continu in continuation of property, and he gave me an address. You suggested I relied back after reviewing the numbers with my financial partners with $30,000 down. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't understand this question, but there was a deal we looked at last week. And Tom, you can, if this is the same Tom, um, you can Voxer me. And I might be able to help you better on Voxer. No, you're not the right Tom. Maybe you are. Tom, if you are, I'm sorry. You can Voxer me. But okay, I, you had a deal where you had offered, I think I remember this, 25 or something, 30 something thousand dollars down and two years on an owner financing. And I said, go back to them and say, you know, you need more time than that. You can negotiate the price or the terms. So you need to find out what's more important to the seller, the price or the terms, you know, the number of years, the down payment or the interest rate, what's more important to them, the price. So as you suggested, Tom says here, I replied back to the realtor after reviewing the numbers with my financial partners with $30,000 down, we, we would need at least seven years instead of two. And then I also asked, what is the bottom cash price he's hoping for? Is he just planning to re-rent it if it doesn't sell? The seller, the realtor responded back, come back with the $25,000 down offer. That one seemed to meet his goals and best. That one seemed to meet his goals the best and I will see what I can do. Okay, so he addresses neither the seven-year nor the bottom line question. What do you suggest I do next? Okay, well, I don't know because <laughs> I don't understand the question. But I would say this, like, it sounds to me like maybe the most important thing for them is that down payment. So go ahead and give them 25 down, but do seven years, 10 years, maybe principal only payments, lower the price a little bit. So see, that's the great thing about creative financing. If they want a down payment, all right, well, give it to them, lower the price, lower the interest rate, lengthen the term, lower the monthly payments. Just so you just need to make the offer. You know, there's a realtor involved. It always makes it hard um, on these creative financing deals. So just make the offer and move on and follow up. You, you, it's almost impossible to negotiate with realtors on creative deals. All right, so here's another question from Tom. 
You say to find a deal, don't create one, right? We're deal finders, not deal creators. But what if the creation works? Good question. So Tom gave me an address here of a property in Minneapolis. The owner has no motivation to sell and will do a lease option or owner finance. Okay, so if the seller has no motivation, you know, it might be challenging to do a really good deal with that, but you still got to make the offers anyway, because they may not be motivated now, or maybe they're really good at hiding it, but they might become motivated later. All right, backstory. I gave an Uber ride to the current tenant who's paying $23.50 a month, and he has a two-year lease. She mentioned the owner wanted to sell. I called him. He was homesteading it while he did a complete rehab. He owns 15 other properties in the suburbs and just doesn't care to have this one in the city. His firm asking price is $400,000. Comps are running around $445,000. And he has a $165,000 mortgage. Initially looks like close to a deal. Is it really worth creating one? Well, okay, if he's not motivated, I'm not sure what you can do except just make the offer, right? You know, use my automated offer pro, send him an offer, send him a cash offer. Doesn't matter what he says his firm asking price is. Send him a cash offer anyway, and then give him a lease option offer and give him an owner financing offer. Now he has a mortgage on there. So sometimes when, you know, and and I'm doing a class in about a week with a lady named Vena Jones Cox. And if you're on my email list, you'll be seeing some marketing emails about this, but she's really, really good at doing lease options. She's been doing, I'm sorry, subject twos. She's been doing subject twos for a long, long time. And I'm glad to be working with her finally on this. So we're going to be doing a little class together. It's going to be like 100, 200, 300 bucks or something like that on a Saturday online virtual class teaching how to do subject twos. When I used to do a lot of subject twos, one of the things I would say to the seller is, well, what if I could get you the same equity you would get if you sold with a realtor? Would that be fair? And if they said, yeah, maybe, then I will show them the numbers. Let me, I'm going to show you guys a spreadsheet because this will help for uh, Tom's question. And I think this might help some of you guys understand what I'm talking about here. Tom's question is, got a property and they're not motivated and their asking price is 400 comps for 445 and it has a $165,000 mortgage. So I'm going to share my I'm going to share a spreadsheet here. All right. So let's say let's say the ARV of this house is 445 and their asking price is 400,000, right? Let me zoom in a little bit so you can see that. You still see that good? So the ARV is 445, their asking price is this and their mortgage is 165. But how much equity do you think that seller has? You might say they have 400 minus one. They have $235,000 in equity. Well, that's not entirely true because there's costs involved with selling a house. I say to the seller, listen, if I could get you the same equity you'd get with if you sold with a realtor, would that be okay? And they say, yeah, sure. All right. So let's say the list price is going to be 445 but they're going to need to do some repairs to get it there. They're going to need to put, you know, 20 grand into it, right? I'm going to cut this and move it there. They're going to put like, let's say 20 grand in it because it's got a tenant in there to get it like retail ready nice. They're going to need to put maybe 25 grand into it. So they're going to, that brings them down to about 420. And then they have, this is a little different right now, but on on a normal market, except for the last year, usually that you're going to see a discount between the original list price and the final sale price. You'll still see that, but it's going to be, you know, on average, like 2%, okay? Which trying to make this where I can show you all my formulas and stuff that I'm doing. So it's going to be negative 2% times. It's going to be a discount of about 8,400, right? But then they're going to have to pay realtor commissions, 6%. going to be about 20. So they're going to actually pay 6% of the list price. They're going to be about $26,700 in commissions, right? Then they're going to have closing costs, about 3% equals negative 3% times the list price. I'm not, this isn't exactly right because I'm doing this percent discount here. 
final sales price is going to be final sale price will be four thirty three six hundred, right? All right, and I can move that over here. So they they're going to put some repairs into it. They're going to get a, usually a one to two percent discount off of the asking price. I don't forget this. I'm just making this more confusing than it needs to be. They're going to pay six percent commissions based on that. They're going to pay about three percent in closing costs. Okay, then they're going to have inspection things to fix, right? And that's usually going to be let's just say two to three percent. Oh, come on, McCall. I'm not doing this right. That's going to equal negative this times that. That's going to be equals negative that times that. Okay. They're going to have things to fix from the inspection. And if it's vacant, they're going to have carrying costs, just say 2%. Anything else? About 15%. Right. So then what are they going to actually walk away with? So their net is going to be this minus the 25 grand you put into fixing it up. It's going to be this plus this. All right. Hold on here. Equals, equals this plus repairs, plus the discount, plus the commissions, closing costs, plus inspections, carrying costs. That's what they're going to walk away with. And then they owe, they owe what? They owe 165. So then they owe 165, right? So their true, here it is, their true net equity is 189, right? Now we, they think, all right, well, if I sell it for 400 and I owe 165, I'm probably going to walk away with 235, and you're saying, no, your true net equity is 189. So after you list it for 425, you put 25 grand into repairs, you're going to get a discount usually of 1% to 2%. Go ahead and change that if you want, 1%. Right? You're really going to sell it for 440. Then you have to pay realtor commissions and closing costs, and you're going to fix things from the inspections. And then you're going to have carrying costs during that time that you're holding it, utility bills and everything like that. So that's 14%. If I did this all right, I think I did, Okay, your true net equity, Mr. Seller, is going to be 193,496. Now, if I can get you the same equity you would get if you sold with a realtor, would you be willing to wait for it? They say, yeah, that's fair. So I'll give the seller three different options, what I'm doing to subject to. I say, all right, I'll give you all $193,496 in five years if you're willing to wait for it. If you want some cash now, let's say the seller wants $10,000 now. You say, all right, I'll give you $10,000 now. And I'll give you, let's just say, I don't want to spend too much time going into this in the spreadsheet. I have another spreadsheet in the section of my course, which breaks this down. So 193 minus 10 is 183, right? So I might tell the seller, all right, I'll give you, instead of 193 for your equity, I'll give you 170 for your equity. I'll give you 10 grand now and the other 160 in five years. If they want, and I'll give them another option will be, let's say they want 25 grand now, okay? So equals this minus five grand. I say, all right, I'll give you $150,000 for your equity, 25,000 now and 125,000 in five years. All right. So does that make sense? The more cash I give them now, the kind of the more, the, the, the less of their equity I'll give them. And that's actually pretty fair. If they just want out from under their mortgage, I'm going to take over their mortgage. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? In my lease options course, I have a module on subject twos and how I present that to the seller. And I have this document, this form, I should have just pulled it up, where I walk through the numbers and I show the seller what their true net equity is. And then I give them three options. I'll give you all of your net equity. I'll give you all $193,496 if you wait five years. And by the way, I create a promissory note. I give them a promissory note. I pay them zero interest on that. Okay, but they do get a promissory note. It's tied, secured by the property. And then if they want some cash now, I'll give them cash now, but I'll give them less equity. It might go from 193 to 175 to 165 or 150. So it kind of stepped down the more cash I give them up front. I hope that makes sense. 
And I did all of that because I was answering the question here about, so Tom is actually on this and he's telling me to keep on reading. So is it is it a deal worth creating? Okay, it depends, right? So they're, they're not motivated, which is going to make it difficult. If there's a mortgage and you want to just take it over, do subject to, do kind of what I talked about there. Otherwise, just put the deal into my Automated Offer Pro software and that'll give you a cash offer, lease option offer, owner financing offer. So the question is, is it worth trying to create a deal? We're supposed to be finding deals. Yeah, go ahead and make the offers and then move on, follow up. So that's worth it. Yeah, even though the seller's not motivated yet and you are kind of technically creating a deal um, instead of finding one, but I don't know if that made any sense. I think it did. All right, let's see who we've got questions that have typed in here. Well, Warren, what's going on? Sharon, that's a cool name. Glad to be here. Thanks. Warren, do you have a contract we can use for deals in Missouri? Yes. If you have my lease options course, use that contract. What's up, Jerry? Experian does do, includes rent history. Yeah. But I think now more and more credit repair companies going, credit reporting companies going forward will start accepting it. All right. Beverly is asking, can that viewer, whoever asked the question, put the information about those credit repair companies in the chat? So if you're on YouTube or Facebook, would you please put into the chat who those rent reporting agencies are? And if you have a good credit repair agency company, put that in the chat too. Yeah, Todd, if the video is cutting out, I apologize. It might be your internet connection. It might be mine. Nobody else is saying anything about it. Okay, good question here from Mike. I have a flip that I'm I'm having trouble selling. How would I begin offering my own lease option to potential buyers, even though I'm out of state and have an exclusive right to sell agreement? So, okay, this is your own property that you fixed, and now you're trying to sell it, and you're having trouble selling it probably because maybe you're asking too much for it, right? How would I begin offering my own lease option? Okay, so you have an agreement with a realtor, Mike. So what it sounds like, okay? You can still tell that listing agent, I want you to also now list it for rent and lease option and for sale or whatever. You can tell them whatever you want. You can't cancel the agreement with them because you've got an agreement for you know whatever it is, six months to sell it. But you can always tell them anytime lower the price, raise the price. You could tell them, I want, I only want buyers that have at least $25,000 earnest money deposits. You can dictate those kinds of things and you can say, all right, we haven't been able to sell it yet. I don't know if I can make any more mortgage payments on this. So I want you to risk, list it for rent, for lease option, lease purchase, for owner financing and for sale, all of the above. And the, the realtor will, will do that for you. They have to do it. They can't tell you you can't. And if you want to do it on your own, well, you certainly can. But you have an agreement. So like, you're going to have to negotiate that with your realtor. I would just say do it with a realtor. Okay, Janice says, the companies we found were Rent Report, Rental Karma, and Level Credit. Hope this helps. Nice. I'm going to write those down. Rent Reports, Rental Karma, and Level Credit. Cool. Jerry is saying, thanks, Joe. The areas are all fairly small cities in Southwest Michigan. Some of these areas are selling for 10 to 20% above list price. Should I just focus on those that must sell? to avoid a bidding war. Well, Jerry, it depends. Like if you're targeting houses that are already listed, I would just target homes that have been on the market for over 30 days, over maybe 30, 60 days and start sending offers to them. But you want to go for off-market properties. So, I, you know, it's good if there are, if there's strong appreciation in that market. It doesn't mean it's a bad market that you should stay away from. Try to get off-market properties through marketing. Okay, nice. I got a compliment on my evaluation spreadsheet. Oh, and there's also another one called Rent Reporters. Rent reporters. Uh, somebody else says Cambridge Credit Counseling is good. Cambridge Credit Counseling is good. Joe, is that spreadsheet in your module somewhere? Beverly, I have one that's better than that. 
in the section of my lease options course where I talk about land contracts and contract for deeds and subject twos, I have that spreadsheet in there. We are, um, I've answered all the questions. I've answered all the questions that were submitted in advance and all the questions here in the chat. Before I go, is there anything else real quick that I can answer? Because I don't see any more questions. Anyone, anyone, anyone? All right. Well, I appreciate you all very much. Hope you have a good holiday weekend. If you're still here, next week we are doing a virtual profits workshop and it's completely free and you can get it. It's a five-day online workshop on in Facebook in a Facebook group. And it's an hour every morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Gavin and I, my coaching business partner, Gavin, we're going to get online and teach how to do virtual deals in small towns, how to find local wholesaling partners, local realtors, local boots on the ground people. It's completely free. It's in a private Facebook group. Go to virtualprofitsworkshop.com. It starts next week as I'm recording this. And it's going to be really, really good. 100% free. If you don't like it, I'll give you money back. Virtualprofitsworkshop.com. Oh, now we got some typed in questions here. Mary, I'm talking to an owner in California who wants $500,000. Nice house, apparently upgrade. Zillow is estimating it to be $479,000. They want to lease back at $2,200 for one year. So, okay, they're only willing to do one year lease option. I don't know if that's a good deal or not. It might be, Mary. And they want $2,200 a month in rent. So that sounds like it might be a good wholesaling lease option. So I would give the seller the price that they want, $500,000, $2,200 a month for one year. And I would put $100 down just to make the contract valid. I would use my short offer form, watch the video in my lease options course on how to do wholesaling lease option deals. I have a whole module for that. And then you need to then advertise the house for $510,000, $2,200 a month and one year. Now I would try to get the seller to be willing to extend it another year if the tenant buyer needs more time. So you're going to bump the price up. You're going to make 10, you're going to keep 10 grand as your assignment fee. And you're just going to get the contract, property under contract as a lease option. And then you're going to sell your lease option to a tenant buyer for a $10,000 assignment fee. And then you're done and out of the deal. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Jerry. Daniel, are we sticking, still taking applicants for a six-month mentoring program? Yes, um, I think we are. And if you want to know for sure, we'll let you know. If you go to, I'm writing this down in here, joemccall.com slash fast. Go to joemccall.com slash fast. You can apply for our six-month mentoring program and we'll text you some questions. And if you're a good fit, we'll send you a document that kind of explains everything. And then, yeah, we're still taking people on. Tom, I don't know if you have submitted another question. I, I answered all the questions that were submitted in advance on Podio. So you might have missed it, but I, I did answer them. But yeah, I see your two questions here. I did my best to answer them. Answer, uh, Tom, I, I, I found two questions of yours. And so I answered them. If you want, just Voxer me back. Yeah. Okay, guys, I appreciate you all. We'll see you later. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Oh,